welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week, oh, this week, we are, uh, we're maybe a little bit late on this discussion, but I I feel like it's a good circle around from our last couple episodes where we looked at different uh, multiverse media uh, that we are finally uh, going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Yeah, this time around, I am joined by my two fellow nerds who can introduce themselves. Uh, Hello, my name is Colin. I will be quiet for a moment as the editor removes all the sounds of my crunching on snacks. Yeah, very professional. Uh, Hi, I'm uh, Taimul, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Are you Chowder in one universe and Taimul in another? Didn't we make that yeah, joke? Yeah, I mean, last I already time? made that joke last time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say in this universe, I was I don't make dumb jokes in the beginning, but I think we've already made the dumb jokes. So that's just a lie. Yeah. We, we're fucking run clean dry of stupid multiverse jokes because holy shit, there's been so many fucking multiverse movies and properties this year. Like, I know Undone was like a season two of a show that came out a few years ago, but like, it's been fucking spider-man was this year doctor strange was this year the everything everywhere all at once undone season two is there anything else that came out this year that was multiverse probably i mean probably star Star trek has done like two alternate timeline things this year uh star wars yeah that's true multiverse though uh, Facebook was on that metaverse bullshit, and everyone else oh jumped God. on the bagwagon of that metaverse Wait, bullshit. That doesn't so, count. <laughs> so when Sam Raimi took over, he did not turn this into Doctor Strange in the Metaverse of Madness, because oh I think I God. might prefer that movie. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to start off by summarizing and discussing the topic, and then end with our little rating sections where we, uh, where we talk about if it was enjoyable or worthwhile. Um, but yeah, this is going to be... I don't know how this discussion is going to go. I feel like this could be a fairly dense one because I have a lot of things to talk about. Um, I had but... so few things to say. I have just remarkably little to opine. <laughs> but either way, I have I think like let's, three uh... big observations about the movie that explain all my small qualms and delights across the board. So fair enough. Um, but yeah, let's get on into the summary. So this movie, uh, it it takes place after Spider-Man, which also had Doctor Strange in it doing multiverse stuff. Um, what's kind of interesting, and I mean, we might talk about this a bit more later. Uh, specifically, Sp- Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, well, no it takes place home. after all of them. I know it's. <laughs> I- I know it's obvious, but like these these podcasts are going to be uh, yes, up forever, true. and so you know for posterity, some people aren't going to listen. to I argue most of the people that listen to this probably aren't going to listen true. to it right now, and in fact, much later, if at all. Um, yeah, but I what's <laughs> we could talk about this later because I don't know all the details of this, but like I'm pretty sure that originally this movie was supposed to come first, like early in the production. Is that? correct am i making that up this one was announced much much earlier yeah. this was announced i think back in like 2018 2019 and then obviously everything got screwed up and jumbled around by covid and i think part of that so as a result there's not like like you would be going into this movie thinking oh this is a direct result of the things that happened in uh in 
uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And that's not really the case. Like, there is a line of dialogue about how he did some stuff with Spider-Man regards regarding multiverse. But, like, this is not really... Like, the plot doesn't pick straight up from that. It more so picks straight up yeah. from WandaVision. Um, WandaVision, it, it is so much more directly a sequel to WandaVision. And uh, I guess WandaVision didn't surprise me a ton. But to the uh, original Doctor Strange... And Endgame, I thought at this point we would have a little less, you know, Endgame cleanup, but it seems like we're still, the MCU is still mentally recovering from Avengers Endgame, as evidenced by the in-therapy doctor that got fired talking to him in the wedding. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the movie starts off with uh, with a different universe version of Doctor Strange running along with a, a girl who we later find out to be named America Chavez. Um, and they get attacked by a giant fucking big scary squid demon. And uh, that Doctor Strange ends up dying. And then she uses her power to rip a big star-shaped hole in reality. Because we later find out that her superpower is to basically travel through the multiverse. And like she's the only the only America Chavez. There's not different multiverse versions of her. Um, and she can travel in between the multiverses. So then we get to our Doctor Strange, who is at his ex, uh, his ex romantic interest Christine's wedding, um, and the fucking squid shows up in New York City, and he goes and saves America from that, and they have this whole you know introduction where they explain everything about each other, and uh, we find out what her powers do, and uh, so he's wanting to help her with this, so he seeks more information on multiverses. Uh, and ends up going and finding Wanda Maximov. Uh, I guess because I guess this is maybe where the I don't remember why they go to Wanda. I think it's because we're dealing with like just some magic of this. I haven't some seen sort this since of the day it came out in theaters. Yeah, same. Yeah, but basically she is powerful. She has and she has the dark hold. Gotcha. And and listeners, if this if this seems like a threadbare description of what happens, it's because this movie is that fast and threadbare it is remarkable how quickly it moves into this conversation with wanda where you think "Ooh, we're gonna get a fun dr strange wanda team up which is what all the advertising on the movie was built around and i think one of the great strengths of the movie is that is not what happened is that a strength of the movie just i think it's a strength i do i'm not saying i think the story of it is a strength i think the fake out is a strength. i don't know okay well this is a whole different discussion about whether or not marvel should be so misleading with their trailers or not because i'm never oh yeah you're oh you've you've always been on the side of tell me what movie i'm getting and i'm on the side of surprise me daddy so we're just gonna we're gonna disagree about right that. i just think that they should just show less and then like leave more up to the imagination rather than purposely putting misleading things in their trailer but i i understand why they do it to a degree but yeah that, that can be a whole different discussion if we want to have it later yeah i think that's a different episode more than anything so at first they're kind of chatting chatting along well not they just dr strange is chatting along with wanda and then she lets it slip that she uh calls america by name and he's like i never told you her name and then we find out that Actually, Wanda is the one behind all of it, that since the end of WandaVision, she's just been nonstop studying the evil Darkhold book in a way to, in in an attempt to try to find her missing fake children from WandaVision. We're not going to fucking summarize Specifically, the WandaVision, but... Yeah, no, no, yeah, but, but she, she misses her kids, and she is... 
so singularly driven by the idea that there's a universe out yep. there because she saw it in a dream. And she's like, there's a universe out there where my two kids exist. Yeah. So what I want to do is go to that universe, murder their actual mother, yeah. <laughs> and become their secret special adoptive alt-universe mother, and they'll never know the difference. Teehee, I'm such a loving person. Yeah, also... Uh, I mean, we can we can swing back to this later, but the uh, the movie fucking just real casually drops the claim that dreams are glimpses into multiversal version multiversal versions yeah, of yourself. It does nothing to to qualify that either. Not <laughs> no, like oh, sometimes <laughs> they are, sometimes they aren't. It's just like dreams are alternate universes. Have fun unpacking that in therapy. Pachoo! Bye. Yeah, I mean, like. If dreams are alternate universes, I'm like the best runner in the multiverse, apparently, because. <laughs> also, just like, wow, I have a lot. There's a lot of alternate versions of myself in other universes where just the, the universe is completely non sequitur. And like one second, I'll be Mickey Mouse. And then in fucking, you know, the same narrative of the same dream, I'm myself as a different person. And these are all the same. Yeah. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. But we can talk about that. It, it doesn't. <laughs> That's fine. It's it, I. I think I may know some. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so basically, what the fuck happens next? Yeah, Doctor oh, right. Strange they, is oh. like, no, you can't fucking take and kill this girl to take her power. That's fucked. Uh, and so he brings her back to uh, what is it called? It's not the Sanctum Sanctorum. It's the fucking the the main one, Comartage or something like. That. I almost Comartage. Yeah. I almost call it Kylie's, which is from Star Trek Discovery. Oh my gosh. Whoops. Uh, but yeah, fucking Whoops. Wanda fucking follows them and, and does like a whole out fucking assault on the, uh, on the temple and kills a shit ton of wizards. Uh, yeah. so I, I do need to comment on this for a moment. Yeah. This is not a plot thing, but this is like to, to comment again on the structure and pacing of the movie, which I'm going to, is I think the thing I have the most to say about in this yeah. film, um, this, when she attacks, when Wanda shows up and attacks, um, Kamertage, it feels very much aesthetically, tonally, uh, like it's the final fight, like a third or fourth act fight in a movie, just style. And, and I'm not saying the story presents it that way. It just feels that way if you compare it to even just like Shang-Chi, where, you know, that movie had a big, weird, crazy magic fight at the end. Um, and it's maybe 30 minutes into the movie. Like when this scene was happening in the theater, I'm sitting here like, Wait, this just fucking started. It can't... What the hell is happening? It threw off my my compass so it hard. It goes from 0 to 100 real fast in this movie. Um, but, yeah. So, they end up escaping... Uh, something Go I ahead. do appreciate is how, like, uh, Sam Raimi got to Sam Raimi out a bit and, like, have, like, Scarlet Witch... Yes. ...be, like, a slasher villain or a monster in a horror movie. And yeah. Just, like, do all this creepy yeah. shit. Yeah. So I, I mean, so, some context for Sam Raimi is he's maybe most famously known for the first Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. But beyond that, like Evil Dead and horror are his roots. Yeah. Um. And and the first Doctor Strange, uh, by uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who was fired from this movie for creative differences. Fascinating. Um. <laughs> yeah. He. I mean that that first movie was like pretty dark and creepy. This one is m much more campy horror, and I think part of what sells this as like a much bigger action scene than you'd expect is the absolute brutality with which Wanda eviscerates 
the sorcerers of Kamertage. Yeah. It is grisly, and I was just cackling the whole time. It was big, fun, campy horror yeah. in a way that was just, like, goofy. And I was kind of here for it, and uh, that persists throughout the film. Yeah, I do sort of wish that there had been more of, like, I mean, in terms of, like, there's, like, two ways we can look at a lot of these, you know, more recent Marvel movies in terms of just, like, how they are completely on their own as narratives and how they, like, consistently fit with the other Marvel movies. And I, I do sort of wish that there was more of, like, a line of dialogue of being, like, oh, yeah, the Darkhold has really taken hold of Wanda. Because, like, you can kind of pick that up, but otherwise it's just sort of, like, last time we saw her, she released, she, uh, you know like realize she was wrong this time we see her she's just chill with murdering almost anybody and it's just like okay (laughs) yeah no it's it's pretty brutal and it kind of comes out of nowhere and there's a prevailing sentiment about this film which is uh this film fucks wanda over in a big way and i'm sure we'll get into the details on that but anyway uh, I guess we can soldier on yeah, because so, again, I think I think I have some idea of what's going on. Yeah, so they end up because you know America Chavez's power, they end up escaping into the uh, the multiverse, go through a bunch of different universes. They're basically in search of this. I don't remember exactly when it gets introduced, but they're looking for this thing called the Book of uh, Vishanti. Which is basically... I think that's what they were... That's what she was chasing in that intro sequence with the alt-Doctor Strange with the squid monster. But then Wong is the one that actually explains it. But, you know, it doesn't... It doesn't really matter. Basically, the Book of Ashanti is, like, the good version of the Darkhold that is going to give... Doctor Strange... Doctor Strange tries to insist there's no MacGuffin in this movie, and Wong's like, no, Doctor Strange, there is a MacGuffin. You need to go get it. I mean, to be Um, fair, Wong has been, you know at this magic thing way longer than Doctor Strange, so yeah, he'd probably know things that yeah, Doctor Strange did. It does seem I mean, like yeah, a, he's right. It does seem like a thing that maybe should have been mentioned or brought up literally before now, because we've had, you know, yes. fucking bigger threats than, well, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. But yes. Uh, anyway, um, so they end up going to a bunch of different uh, multiverses, not really that many, and they they wind up in a, a universe where instead of the Avengers, we have this group called the Illuminati, which uh, basically consists of a bunch of different cameos. Uh, yeah, they land in Cameo City. Yeah, the group in- consists of the uh, alternate universe version of uh, Baron Mordo, who is a character from the first Doctor Strange movie, who in mm-hmm. the post-credits ended up going evil. Um, but we don't really see that story. We just kind of see this alt version of him. Uh, we've, gotten, we've got Black Bolt of the Inhumans, who is played by the same actor who played him in the uh, the shitty uh, Inhumans show. Yes, that Marvel does not want you to know about because it's incredibly hard to find because it is not good and they are ashamed of it. Yes. As they should be. Um, we've got uh, Maria Rambeau yeah. as, as uh, Captain uh, fucking Marvel, as Captain Marvel. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fucking... And then we've got, um, we've got Patrick Stewart back as uh, Professor Xavier in his big dumb yellow chair yep. for the first time in the yeah. movies. We've got love... Captain Carter, yep. last seen in Marvel's What If? And we Although have not that Jim version of her, because... From The Office. Yeah. Correct, not that version of her. Yeah. But then we have Jim from The Office, yeah. and he's the smartest man alive. Quote, he puts... Quote, unquote, smartest man al- alive. Yeah, like we'll he, get into he, that. Yeah. He um, does some stupid shit. I mean, yeah, at, as soon as as soon as Doctor Strange shows up, he puts him in Jello. 
Um, fucking, yeah. So this is, we'll talk about John Krasinski later because. Will we? I will. I, I think this is okay. an interesting inclusion <laughs> in the movie. Um, okay. But uh, basically they explained to him that not Wanda, but in fact, actually he is the biggest threat to the multiverse because their version of Doctor Strange in an effort to beat their Thanos uh basically went wild with the Darkhold and almost, like, threatened every reality, so they killed him. Well, he also did destroy an entire universe, so, like... Yeah, yeah, know, Countless true. deaths on his hand. Yeah, so, uh, they're like, nah, we're not gonna listen to you about this Wanda problem, and he's like, she's literally coming here right now, and then she does, and then she brutally murders every single one of them in pretty short work. Was this, uh, so, oh, man. Just give me, give me this eight minute fucking set piece of her no, I, shredding <laughs> these fucking people. Some literally, it's so fun to watch. I it's so was just it was really. So outlandish. We can talk about it later, but I was super, super duper, super not a fan of the sequence. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I think because I think what I'm discovering as we go through this is you and I have very different levels of care and attachment to this movie. Well, uh, because yeah. I I'm I'm along for the ride, and this movie is a fucking ride. Yeah, but it's anyway. We'll we'll get back to it. Basically, um, they end up escaping with this universe's version of Christine who is, I, I think she's like the head of multiverse research in this world. Is that right? So, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and she she's studying America, and America's <laughs> like, you gotta let me out of here. And then... She's studying America. You know, yeah, which yeah, we'll to- which could be topical, but it's not. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, they, they essentially escape Wanda through these wet tunnels and barely get away. Uh, meanwhile, in the main universe, I think Wa- she's found the place where the dark hold the, where the dark hold was originally written yeah because she they and, just and one Wong of the, is uh, trying to stop her one of the sorcerers destroys the dark hold and then yeah and basically she's yeah. like inhabiting an alternate version of herself to be here so that's why she's in Dreamwalking. both universes at once basically um but yeah they yeah. go and find the place that the dark hold was written which basically just kind of is the dark hold effectively so she can still yeah. use all of its power as long as she's there. This um, this same exact thing happened in Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which I think tells you kind of the level of big brainness we're dealing with <laughs> on a script level. Yeah. Um, so they escape to the fucking room with the Book of Ashanti, but Wanda is hot on their tail and she just follows them right in and then just destroys it. Um, she ends up uh, mind-controlling America. <laughs> Uh, America hey, Chavez um, and uh, using her power to send Strange and Christine to this like fucked up universe where that universe is of... you're going to the shadow realm yeah, yeah where that universe of Strange also used the dark hold and screwed up the whole universe and now it's just like this dead wasteland wasteland of like universes crashing into each other um, and she kidnaps America and brings her back to uh, basically you know do what she wanted to do to like drain her power and have this ability for herself so that she can just like hop to new universes whenever shit goes bad with her kids (laughs) um real unhinged um they end up meeting this universe's version of dr strange who is like pretty pretty fucked up and evil uh i don't fucking remember how that encounter 
goes. I, I just oh, I know. I, it was like, I, I I know exactly how that goes. That's where they have the music fight where they're oh, throwing fuck, okay. I, right. I forgot about. I the music love the fight. music yeah. fight. That that the, I actually the music fight super loved. This this is is to me again another level of of. And I don't know if all of this comes from Sam Raimi, but like yeah. Sam Raimi and Michael Waldron sitting together and saying like, let's just do something fucking silly. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. Let's do something silly. And the music fight, super fun, super goofy, makes absolutely no yep. sense. <laughs> Ends with the evil Doctor Strange on a spike. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and then basically he's like, well, we got to get to that universe. And the only way I can do that is to fucking dreamwalk like Wanda, like Wanda was doing. So I got to use the Darkhold here. Like I got to stoop to her level. And he ends up put possessing the corpse of the fucking doctor strange who was with uh with america, america in the beginning of the win. movie and fucking bringing his like zombie corpse and like summoning a bunch of fucking crazy demons to fight off wanda and basically it's a fun fight i like the fucking zombie fight yeah he's just no, going the, off the, the walls zombie doctor and, strange uh, i i love that bit like i know other people were like oh it's a weird dumb. one Why? Why would he do that? And it's like, well, because people were butthurt that it was Zombie Doctor Strange and not some. There was some other comic version that the trailer made it seem like this was uh, gonna be. Like they made it look like this was going to be. So I don't. I well, don't. Well, I think what it was is well they thought that it was gonna be like the Doctor Strange from the zombie universe, you know, where mm. everyone is dead but they can still use their powers and shit. It was one of the episodes mm. in What If. Oh, and whatever. Yeah, okay. um, and they thought it was going to be that, but it was really just, yeah, it was really just him controlling that body kind of as a reference to that, but not, you yeah. know. And the movie ends basically with, like, you know, Wanda is starting to steal the powers and get to her kids and brutalizing their actual Wanda mother from that timeline. And guess what, Wanda? The kids don't like yeah. that. <laughs> they don't like when you assault their mom <laughs> right in front of them. And she's like, oh, I guess this is never going to happen. I'll crush the whole building on myself. Yeah. And, and so from like, all of that, Doctor Strange learns he shouldn't be chasing his ex-girlfriend now that she's getting married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all that for, for a very basic lesson. Yeah. Uh, hey, don't. If someone says no. Uh, move on yeah, and uh Work don't go, and go to, go to don't fucking walk into their wedding with uh some fucking don't. we could have been better speech you fucking yeah. jackass yeah, <laughs> yeah no i mean you want to talk about fucked up power and power dynamics you can literally break the universe with your brain maybe don't bring that hot and heavy into a wedding trying to convince the person to leave because anytime you tell someone to do something you're implicitly doing it at gunpoint yeah yeah <laughs> uh also, like, what was keeping Scarlet Witch from just going to a universe where that universe's Scarlet Witch was dead, but her kids were alive and being like... Because she was going crazy uh, with the Darkhold the and, and thinking like, well, if I just go to another universe, then what if they get sick and die? And then what will I do? So it's like, it's clearly like, oh, the Darkhold has made her kind of like unhinged. She is not really following... God, I would love anymore. to give the movie that much credit. Yeah. She's certainly not following logic, but I can't credit <laughs> the script with justifying that. No. I don't even know if I can credit the script. I think now that we've sort of gotten through the yeah. summary, yeah. and that is the end of the movie, aside from the post-credits, yeah. Actually, is Wanda caboofs herself, and Doctor Strange settles with America, and everything's fine. <laughs> okay, there are like, multiple things wrong with that, that sentence. <sighs> yes, it does, but it's it's, I mean... There are multiple things wrong with this movie, yeah, too. There's a lot of um, shit I don't like about this movie, but one thing that, like, probably isn't actually in its favor, but I just found myself fucking 
dying at the entire time because of how stupid and funny it was is because this character's name is America. America. And yeah. they don't refer to her ever unintentionally as like funny lines. the girl or I don't even know if they were intentional to be honest, but there'll be like lines where it's just like America's power is too strong or quick she's coming for America and it's just it's just fucking funny and I don't think that any yeah. of those lines like to me none of them read as jokes it was just funny because it's like you realize how fucking stupid I, that I sounds agree. right I was laughing at that yeah. too I think pretty early in the movie I think it was as um they could have just called right after they finished their little montage of jumping from universe to universe I think that was when I sort of let go of any idea of this movie being coherent and making sense yeah. and just enjoying what I was seeing on the screen. I, yeah. Because this movie is directed by Sam Raimi, who knows how to make a coherent movie. He also knows how to make an inco incoherent movie, Spider-Man 3. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, he also knows how to make a deliberately incoherent movie because, you know, he he does, <laughs> he does he has his roots in horror comedy, you know, like very schlocky kind of stuff. Uh, honestly, I... If the movie had embraced that, if the movie had just been like, hey, man, we're just going to go wacky and silly and full Sam Raimi, I'd have been down for the ride. Unfortunately, it feels like the when Sam Raimi gets to go Sam Raimi is few and far between, and most of it is just yes. corporate Marvel, MCU, you, Disney. You can, yeah. you can feel the sequences that are his influence, whether you're familiar with them or not, because they're the ones that stand yeah. out. Um, like the stuff with Wanda dealing with gigantic power waves in the mountain is not very visually exciting. Wanda sneaking into Patrick Stewart's brain with a white background and snapping his neck with giant spiky teeth. That's weird. Yeah. Causing Anson Mount to sew his mouth shut and blow his brain out inside the because helmet. Because the smartest That's man in the world weird. told her exactly what told his her. powers do. Before so he used there's them. some important context uh, around how this movie was made, though. Like I said, Scott Derrick uh, no longer directing the movie due to creative differences. Sam Raimi was brought on, from what we understand, relatively late in the game. The movie is written by Michael Waldron, who also wrote Loki, uh, and is doing punch-ups, kind of That's the way Dan Harmon used to do, kind of doing punch-ups <laughs> on a lot of these movies. And um, there were a lot of last-minute reshoots mm -hmm. on the film, presumably for Cameo City. Yeah. So there's a lot against this movie <laughs> in terms of it making sense, and I don't think it fully overcomes them, but I think the thing that really – what comes across in the final version of the movie is not so much that all these competing voices are pulling up the movie in different directions, which I think they are, but what it feels like really is it's just – it's it moves – a little too fast. It doesn't linger on anything quite long enough. Anytime there's an idea that could be interesting, it's not explored. We move yeah. on. And it feels almost like there was an extra 20 minutes of this movie cut out in the edit. And as a result, it is, it feels very thin. That's actually something I want to point out is this movie is, is not that long. And I remember walking out of this, talking to our friend, Matt being like, you know, I think it could have been longer. I like it felt Damn. so breathless and not in a fun way, more in like I didn't even get a chance to understand what the fuck you said. And now we're five mechanics down the road. And this makes me wonder, Michael Waldron, as seen with Loki, regardless of how much you enjoy it, he can write much more intricate stuff than this. He is content to explore the long term consequences and the motivations of people making 
harmful decisions. And this movie is all about people making harmful decisions. At the beginning and end, too, you have like the you have themes of letting go of the person that you love, but it spends all of five lines on that particular theme yeah. between the two characters. And it just it 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 I stare at this movie and all I can wonder is what didn't make it. I'm not saying that they had the materials to make this a longer movie and make it good, but there is a version of this movie out there in someone's head, maybe Scott Derrickson's head, I don't know, maybe Michael Waldron's head, where this movie makes sense. And I think once I realize this movie is not going to make sense at any point, and I don't, and I mean that in just like, it is not going to be thematically rewarding or have rich character journeys. Um or be then you can just consistent. let go and enjoy the fact that like the Sam Raimi scenes are really fun to look at. Yeah. It is a spectacle that succeeds at being a spectacle, well, but only some of the yeah, time. Yeah, because like that's my thing is that like again, like what I said earlier, like we could look at whether or not it fits cohesively in the broader MCU, which I would say it really clearly doesn't. Um like in terms of like character consistency and the mechanics of multiverse stuff, it's it's very weird how different this is from Spider-Man from Loki, especially since the person who worked on Loki also worked on this, but it's it's different in those ones, and it's kind of strange and unexplained. Um It is strange. Very strange and very America. Um I, I think it's <laughs> this is the same problem. I don't know if you've seen Love and Thunder yet, but I, which I'm not gonna. Yes, I'm I not have. gonna talk about in depth. But both of these. Oh, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit too. Both of these movies share this issue where I think that. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna talk about any details. I'm just saying, like, yeah, both of these movies share this issue where, as standalone, like complete, just like start to finish stories, ignoring all the stuff that t- came earlier, ignoring any inconsistencies mm-hmm. and any stuff like that. They don't really stand on their own because they rely on what came before as so much of a crutch to like set up these things and things that they expect you to already know. Like, it's not like, Oh, you know how you don't really need to have seen Iron Man to watch the first Captain America, right? Like they're complete stories. I the, this I is don't not. I I think that that's a bit of a dubious criticism because this is intentionally part of something that you that you should have some knowledge. No, I think Thor: Love and Thunder in particular does a much better job of catching you. No, up but on let it. me finish my thought here. Is the issue okay. with that is when you actually look at it in context with the stuff that it's relying upon, it doesn't make Mm -hmm. a shit ton of sense. Like there's a lot of inconsistency with how things work, the way people act, you know, just general like tone of the universe and how people in the world act that doesn't line up. So when you have, it's sort of like the, it's sort of like, Oh, they're relying on, you know, these previous universes to like tell this ongoing narrative, but they're not, actually paying attention to what that ongoing narrative was so it doesn't really line up so it kind of reaches for me at least the worst of both worlds where it's just like i you know if this was really inconsistent and didn't match up with the stuff that came before you know i can be like well is this still a movie that's fun on its own right is it still good on its own right and it's impossible to think about it on its own right because it it completely relies upon you having seen the previous movie i think that (laughs) i think that this movie um 
I, I think that there's there are a few dynamics that I would argue are maybe more prevalent than reliance on previous movies. Mm-hmm. I think part of what's happening here is that these movies, um, Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, compared to their immediate predecessors, Doctor Strange, Thor, Ragnarok in particular, um, I, I don't think these movies hold up on their own quite as well. I yeah. think... Thor does a better job of giving you everything you need to know within the movie to understand it. I don't yeah. think Multiverse of Madness totally succeeds well, there. What I what I think might be happening to an extent is that you've got movies that are internally not super robust or consistent narratively, thematically, from a character standpoint. Yeah. And so you're left to look at the rest of the universe for answers. Because people right. weren't sitting there watching Thor Ragnarok saying, this totally disrespects the Dark World, which... It does just yeah. as much as Love and Thunder well, disrespects other things. I wouldn't things. say as much, but like but Ragnarok, yes. <laughs> but 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 Ragnarok was such a strong movie in its own right that it was like, who cares? I'm along for exactly. the ride. And I, I something I like about a cinematic universe is it's also something I really like about Star Trek: Strange New Worlds is you have something that can be the same story but can be tonally different and can embrace different styles, different things. Embracing different just, styles and different I, tones is one I, thing. For me, it's the, just like the way the characters act and the way the mechanics of the yeah, world, correct. like the for, world building, doesn't match. I don't need the care, problem. I don't, I, with I don't even care madness about the mechanics is, of the world, but yeah. Uh, for me, the problem with multiverse ahead, madness is that uh, you can't really. Uh, relate to the characters because correct because like uh like take wanda for example right you need to watch wandavision in Mm -hmm. order to actually get what she and even then it's a huge job (laughs) it it does it is a job Uh, yeah to get what she's about and it's just like if you haven't watched wandavision she just seems uh she's like going i've made mistakes and I'm the villain, and you've made mistakes, but you get to be hailed a hero. And it's like, that doesn't really the jive. Is, you, that doesn't hold it doesn't, up. Yeah. It, it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Not because it's it's failing to pick up from Wandavision, but because it's failing to explore it in its own right. Well, yeah. You can do these things and have departures, but the failure, I think, is on this movie being internally consistent and coherent. And again, looking at like what did we miss? Part of the reason Wanda feels like she got done dirty so badly is you're watching the whole movie, and all she keeps saying over and over again is "my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids." Yeah. Except these aren't her kids. The movie doesn't talk about where they come from. For if you're looking for other things to get picked up on, Vision is completely out of the picture. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, the, we've gotten so little of her. She is so one-dimensional, literally yeah. one-dimensional, literally a line from one from the beginning of the movie to the end. That at the end, when she tries to say like she's learned and she's sacrificing herself, within this movie, you haven't seen that journey. Yeah, this movie's failures are on the character level. Primarily, I think this is a symptom of the multiple voices behind the scenes, of the editing, and whatever was cut down, because maybe there were more conversations in the script. I would like to hope that there were about what Chowder said, like, you're the villain, I'm the uh, I'm the villain, you're the hero, why is that? Let go of things you love. Like, these themes can be explored in a way that forgives the inconsistency in the universe, but because the movie doesn't give that to us, we're forced to look at the universe and say, well, that didn't make any fucking yeah, sense. Yeah, right, exactly. I think the problem is at the core of this movie, not at the core of the MCU, but if this and Love and Thunder in their trend keep things going this way, this could prove to be a big problem. Honestly, I hope that they do, because... If 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 we really keep going this way and Marvel consistently t- tosses out a few movies that are not good, 
then maybe fucking Disney will just let it die eventually, which is, I think, <laughs> no, the best thing yeah. <laughs> overall. Uh, no, because... No, they did Rise of Skywalker, and now we're nine shows into the Star Wars yeah. franchise. So yeah. no, they're not going to let two, it die. Two of them are re-evaluate. just rehashes of The Mandalorian. I mean, Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan yeah. are just yeah, yeah, Mandalorian yeah. again. But uh, m- well. my thought is, uh, now that we've like been discussing this, I, I'm starting to think their biggest mistake was bringing in the Illuminati. Like, all this time is spent yes. on Cameo. All this time is spent on Cameo City that, yeah. like, they don't have the time to flesh out the ideas that were introduced Correct. earlier. Wanda doesn't yeah. get to be fleshed mm-hmm. out because she's too busy serial killing the cameo characters. Uh, Doctor Strange isn't fleshed out because he's too busy bickering with the cameo characters. Like, there's mm-hmm. a chunk of this movie where if you just took it out and, like, scaled down the movie, or take the scale of the movie down, you could have Giving yourself more opportunity to, you know, let yeah. everything breathe. And, and it that- makes me wonder if at some point when Raimi was handed the directive to include these cameos, he was like, all right, this thing's going to collapse under its own weight. I'm going to have some fucking fun with right. it. And I'm glad he did. Like, if you're going to make these movies short and nonsensical, at least, at least make them fun to watch or yeah, wild. Fair. Like, fair. Except- that's kind of what kept me going is the, those spikes of insanity were like, all right, I'm not really enjoying the story, but I do like... Jim from the office getting turned into spaghetti. I like that a lot. Like here, here's my thoughts. I I don't mind a scene where like Dar- or Scarlet Witch like kills the Illuminati. My problem is half the Illuminati kill are killed in very boring ways. Like Peggy just gets mm-hmm. uh, killed by her own shield and uh, no Peggy. Peggy got cut in half. That's cool. I mean, yes, killed by a shield is one way of saying it. No, she got split in two when we watched her torso fall off her legs. That's fucking, that's, that's fun. You don't usually yeah. see that in a Cap- Marvel movie. Captain I like Marvel that. just gets crushed by a building or yeah. by a statue. Uh, that's, that, and that like, sucked. <laughs> he, here's the problem with also, the Black Bolt. Also, that wouldn't kill her, right? Like, yeah, that wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why yeah, that he, Here's the it problem with the Black Bolt thing. It's just like, it, it it doesn't feel believable. One just uh, fa- uh Mister Fantastic just giving out his weakness right then and there. But also like nope. it's an easily rectifiable problem. Like just have Black Bolt try to use his voice power on her. She teleports out. She observes. Oh hey, mouth. Then she you can have the whole thing where she makes his mouth disappear and he's. He blows his own See, head off. All you're doing now is drawing out the sequence that we're saying too much time right. took too much time out of no, the movie. No, 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 <laughs> you, you, don't, you, you can just you can just have him not try to have Mister Fantastic not try to speak to. Oh yes, no, yeah. Again, the the, the only way I can enjoy this movie is if I don't give a shit about the characters. Yeah. If I start trying to empathize with any of these characters, it falls apart. Especially because I mean, you're talking about Cameo City. One thing that shouldn't have been a cameo was fucking Mordo. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she would tell Ezra come back as his character, like potentially the greatest foil for Doctor Strange's ideologies. All we get is this alt universe him that hated him in this universe too, and projects that hate onto this Doctor Strange. 
And it's like you you can't connect to any of it because there's nothing going on to show you why Mordo feels this way aside from Doctor Strange back. Yeah, it's sort of like we don't this get to connect a, to anything that happened in the previous movie, and we don't get given anything new in this. It's one. sort of like this is Doctor Strange three referencing things that happened in Doctor Strange two, but we just deleted that one from the timeline. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you know, like it's we can't see we can't see what he's referencing. We know it's there, but it's just the character arcs in this movie are shortcut after shortcut. Yeah. So I promise anybody listening to this, we're really ragging on this movie, but like it can still be fun to watch. (laughs) Honestly, if you if you go into this and you are just like, I'm not going to give a shit about these characters. I think that's the only way to really sink into it, because you're right. Chowder, Mr. Fantastic should not have said those words. But I mean, at that moment, we were not in a Marvel movie anymore. We were in a Sam Raimi campy schlocky. Yeah, world. but yeah. like, I guess just also for me. <laughs> maybe he just shouldn't have, has said all the stuff about, "Hey, I have kids. I understand." And then Scarlet Witch is like, "I don't care if you empathize. I'm just gonna kill you anyways." And it's just like, you know, if he if they just I mean, came in and started a fight, probably would have been better. Because then it wouldn't signal to yeah, us to empathize. Again, it, it seems like in the script that was leading to a bigger conclusion, but it just got fucking cut off at the knees. Yeah. Yeah. And my my thing with it, too, is that, like, again, back to the, the note of, like, oh, should the cameo council have existed at all? I You know, I do want to kind of steer this around to, like, something that I kind of tar- started talking about in our episode on everything everywhere all at once is that mm-hmm. like the way that the like this movie is a multiverse movie multiverse is in the title of the movie but the way that the multiverse is actually used in this movie is just a vehicle for delivering these cameos instead of like yes. taking a look at the actual mechanics of the multiverse in any depth or doing anything else like broader or more interesting with it in ways that you like wouldn't immediately expect right so it's like yeah. we spent and, and so much of, time of, on like this mm-hmm. cameo council, which basically like like, yes, if you just want to watch some people in a movie you don't care about get murdered, I guess. Sure. But like if in terms of like the believability of these characters or whatever, right, they're presented like they're supposed to be big shit. And they're like, you know, like, ju- but it's just like, oh, these are the same as our universe people, except they clearly don't have plot armor so they can just all get immediately <laughs> murdered. And it's just like Pretty it's much. it's just like a huge gaping like meta narrative hole that just like feels like okay, this just doesn't, you know, like the only reason this was able to happen yeah. is because like and it, you know, it's it's one thing if they went in there and they like more apparently made this group of people like obviously full of shit right so it's just like oh they're all big talk and they're all you know it's like they fucking call themselves the illuminati which they don't really make too much of an issue of just because it's a comic reference right but it's just like you know you could you could play up the the value that this is a bunch of fucking morons who are who have been put into positions of power and think they're like top shit but they're not really and then it's and then it's more gratifying when you see them all get murdered but instead the movie wants to have its let me fucking the movie wants to have its cake and eat it too where they're like hey we get the points for doing these cameos and making them feel like they're believable characters in the way that they talk and the way that they interact but we're just gonna murder them as a big pack of nerds but they don't really fucking like (laughs) we're staring the answer right in the face we've talked about it so many times reed richards is the smartest man alive (laughs) on this whole planet 
and he did something colossally stupid. Therefore, they're all dipshits. Everyone in this entire world is really, really, really dumb. It explained itself perfectly. Yeah, but how are they really dumb and then also are the fucking, like, leading universe in multiversal research? Like, it's a complicated field. And Christine's not stupid. She's smarter than fucking uh, <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. We never gave her the chance to kill Black Bolt like that. True. No, but you're right. The the, the utilization of, of the multiverse as a mechanic in this movie, like, even if you put aside the idea of, like, it is always interesting. I'm going to be real. I don't think they even utilize the multiverse. It, it's really just no, an excuse really. for for a setting no, change, you know? Like it, they, they Okay, definitionally, they did utilize it, just not to a great extent. And I think part of what's interesting about sci-fi, and I know I'm a big proponent of this, is it is fun to understand the rules of how the sci-fi world works and see how things fit together. And sometimes to see how things don't fit together and pick it apart like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But the movie does not try to engage in it that way yeah. in terms of the mechanics but it also doesn't try to use it to reflect on the characters at least not in the end product no. at the end of the movie it seems as though there was an intention for us to understand that that dr strange's conversations with earth 838 the alt universe version of christine was supposed to help him achieve some sort of peace in letting go the christine from his universe which could be a pretty salient storyline and that again mirrors what could have been a complex journey for wanda her seeing something in an alternate universe and understand using that as a lesson to make a change in her own direction and life yeah. and mind <laughs> But the movie, and the it movie seems like is that like... was the idea. The movie does not communicate that. We're not spending the time exploring yeah. these multiverse characters in this way. But it's just showing them to us and then moving on. This is a this is another part of it where I actually I I I don't really think that the like Sam Raimi sequences really helped the movie. I mean, I think that in the shit show that the movie was, they were the most fun thing that was in it, but. Correct. I think that that is my point the whole way for through. <laughs> sure. But like the movie, I, I think, gets really bogged down with its own gimmicks of like these cameos. And then, frankly, the Sam Raimi yeah. sequences are also gimmicks. Right. And because it has so mm -hmm. many different gimmicks from, you know, from Sam Raimi and from the studio requirements or whatever the fuck, it doesn't have enough time to like sit down and breathe and explore the characters literally like really much at all. Yes. And I, you know, this I think, is what I've been saying the whole no, time. No, I'm agreeing is, with you. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It is. It is just. I, 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 I have such a hard time digging into the minutia of anything else because, like, this is the sin of the movie. Yeah. Is it presents these characters and tells us that they've gone on journeys and shows us like half the puzzle pieces to see what those journeys are. Yeah. And and that's it. You you cannot really look at this movie and say that any specific character journey is as fleshed out as some of the stronger Marvel outings, particularly the first Doctor Strange. I think that movie did an excellent job of painting where he was at the beginning and bringing us on his journey to where he was at the yeah. end to selflessness. And this could have been an extension of that. And I, I have to believe that somewhere on the script side of things, it was at one point. But once again, the movie doesn't deliver on it. Yeah. And it's just how can you care about anything else in the movie that much when this level of it fails yeah. it looks great it's got great performances it's stylish it's funky but like if you try to care about it too deeply you run into exactly what jeff just right. said and that's that's it that's the yeah look. and it's like you either get over it or you don't it's uh, a <laughs> it's it's funny too because it's like when you when you bring in like the individual characters of the like the uh the council right the illuminati like so much of it is pandering feels like a a, a strong word but like 
fan service. Yeah, it's fan service, but it's a weird sort of fan service where it's just like it, it, it was like a big deal for me, at least not like a big deal like, oh, hell yeah. But a big deal of like, oh, they made that choice of casting John Tr- yeah. Tr- uh, Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic because there has just mm-hmm. been fan art on the Internet of the past for the past several years of people being like, hey. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. It would be a great idea. And it's just, it's sort of just like a weird thing where it's just like sort of feels like you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't have done the thing that we all asked for because it's like I I don't know. It fits, it sits in this weird sort of like fucking clearly reactionary to what people are saying rather than the studios uh-huh. making their own decisions for good reasons. If that makes sense. Not that I think that he would make a bad casting. You you'd hardly know it in this movie because it's like well he just gets killed almost immediately, but you know, mm-hmm. like, I think he would make a good Mr. Fantastic. It, the, there's just some weird sort of element to it of, like, you shouldn't do the thing that all the fanboys are asking for because then they'll think that they can ask for more stuff kind of thing. Like, it sort of sits somewhere near in the same ballpark as changing Sonic's design, you know? <laughs> Where it's just like, better I mean, for I, it, maybe, yeah, but... <laughs> I I don't know. I I can't even have that many strong feelings about it because given that it is multiverse, we've seen that they will have the actors play same actors play the same characters across different universes. We've Sometimes. also seen instances where they don't. Yep. <laughs> so they're not committing to anything and it is just a stupid cameo. Yeah. So at that point, what does it matter? You got nothing to lose. Again, I'm wondering if at some point the directors, producers on this movie were like, all right, it's already a mess. Might as well just, you know, fucking throw it all out with the kitchen. Sink. Yeah, no, Dude, it's go, go crazy. Whatever. It's if the if the movie was. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I wanted to say, like, ultimately this like when I say they don't really use the multiverse concept, I mean, they don't really use it much. It's really just an excuse for a scene yeah. change. You know, like there's basically two different multiverses yeah. that we actually inhabit. Uh, the original and Cameo City. That's it. The, and I it, and the it, dead it, one at the end. But yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then a dead oh, one. But don't, don't forget. Don't forget that we did get to use one that we never actually saw to bury the gays that are America Chavez's moms. <laughs> yeah, but like that's True. just a flash, like a half ten second flashback. I I cannot believe. That so many countries were putting up shit over displaying the LGBTQ scene in this movie, and all it was was two lesbians getting sucked into a portal to their death. Yeah. That's all it was. I was so mad. Yeah, exactly. I was so infuriated. Uh, yeah. Like, this is so fucking lazy. Also, it's just like, I, in terms of, like, the multiverse stuff, too, right? Like, to Chowder's point. Oh, they don't really use it to create foils. Uh, like, Khan mentioned they try nope. to, yeah. but doesn't really go that way. Uh, they don't really go to enough scenes to make it feel worthwhile as a mechanic in this movie. By comparison, Undone only shows two potential universes, and that feels sprawling. And everything, everything, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, when it goes to other universes, with a couple exceptions, it's all pretty mundane with people just being goofy. And yet that still feels more intricate. Uh, and this movie has the tools to go bigger, better, better, yeah. and doesn't. And I understand from a script standpoint why you maybe wouldn't want to lean too hard into that, especially because we still don't know the direction of MCU's Phase 4. We don't know what they're trying to like leave for later. But it 
it is underused to the point where you have to ask, like, is this really the multiverse of madness or is this just doing dirty female characters across the whole script? Is that all this is? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah, and it's also just weird, too, because it's like, if you compare it to Loki or Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, the mechanics mm-hmm. don't even, like, totally line up, right? Like, there, no. there could have been That's some fine. sort of, well, I don't know if it is fine. In my opinion, anyway. I, it is. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> you can't do I care. Whatever. Whatever. What, what do you mean? I, you can't just say who cares I, because that's your opinion and that doesn't validate I, mine, who care? Who cares is... No, it does not invalidate your opinion. Who cares is my opinion. Like, Fair. I, the, the movie did not convince me that it is taking many other things outside of this film super, super duper seriously. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I have trouble caring about any of the things you care about in this movie because the movie did not convince me it cares about itself. I, I guess for me, the reason that I'm like in this block of caring about it a bit more is this was the first one for me, the first Marvel movie that I'm like, this absolutely is like, okay, this is a clear humongous step down from like, you know, like there's been, you know, movies that have been not as good before, but this is the first one that is just like, I can't even really justify a lot of the, the, the inconsistencies here. So really? this is like, this, yeah. this this is the first time that you've been like really bumped out of an MCU property for the most part yeah there's other ones that I've been like oh. that wasn't great but eh, yeah whatever oh I've reckoned <laughs> I've long since reconciled frustrations with with fandoms not really mm, holding up to scrutiny to be generous well, yeah but I mean because I don't know just like the stuff with the different multiverses right it's just like well we see Spider-Man who and the two different multiverse versions of him are different actors and then in Loki who notionally we're not even talking about multiverses but different timelines question mark even though several of them are played by different actors and now we've got Doctor Strange where everyone in the same in every other universe is actually the same actor and it's just like okay well maybe there's just some broad you know like you could have some dialogue about like oh this is the specific sect of multiverses that america is able to bring us to but then we also have this you know this montage of going through the different universes and one of them is animated and one of them is paint so it's like okay well that blows that you know consideration out of the water (laughs) it's just like it's a it's a weird inconsistency that it's like you know if it were if it were a better movie, that would be the kind of thing that I'd be like, okay, well, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. that, to that be that's kind of, but that's kind of my point is that like, I think you and I are just riding this scale in different directions where like this being a worse movie makes me not try to worry too much about those minutiae. Um, and it being a better movie would actually make me care about those things maybe more be forgiving yeah. about them, but be invested in them more. But I'm just, I'm, I'm so not invested in the movie that i'm just like uh whatever i mean we have 20 30 40 hours in the mcu so far most of it's good i'm fine if two of them are not great yeah i guess my issue is just that like with the with these two right with love and thunder and multiverse of madness because of the more recent two it's just like oh this feels like the direction that it is going and there have been hints of it in earlier ones yeah. where i was like i'm not you know I, I think that uh, fucking Eternals gets more flack than maybe it's due, but I, I think that there are yeah, I like Eternals. issues in that movie in terms of like the old overall world building that that screw up some things. Um, and even No Way Home, I thought was a very good movie on its own right, but there are some you know 
there are some issues in that movie. Um, yeah. But it, it, it just kind of feels like, okay, I, I have noticed the MCU for a little while moving into a trend of like, okay, turn off your brain a little bit and, you know, just let it be a popcorn yes. flick. Uh, these were the first two that I'm just like, okay, I don't actually have enough here to enjoy underneath the uh, the things that I'm having to yes. turn off my brain for. So it's yes. just, it, then it just circle back to like yep. only yep. thinking about all the inconsistencies and the ways that their own narratives don't make sense. Yeah. And that it's just like, I just, I, I don't. Don't want I them think anymore. <laughs> this is where being a Star Trek fan has like prepared me for this <laughs> because it is a franchise full of retcons and inconsistencies right, yeah. and canon screw ups and character shifts. And it's like uh, the other thing is that I'm not just interested in watching these things. I like to pay attention to their production as much as I can. And at the end of the day, if you have a universe where it's constantly changing hands, who's writing, who's producing, who's directing, who's designing the overall story and who's enforcing it on the lower levels, like the execution is shifting so much on so many levels. I I've completely let go of the expectation that all of these things will be totally consistent. I think it is interesting to discuss when they are not sure but i don't think it's necessarily instructive yeah and that's just my opinion on i it. guess it's just for but me is like they coming were... from star trek it's just like i have seen so many more egregious alterations that are just yeah. like we're here for fun i yeah i guess for me it's just like it like before right like let's look at the the mcu pre end game right there have been uh -huh. inconsistencies and things that don't hold up mm -hmm. under scrutiny in terms of like you know like recontextualizing what things are so that you know that the MacGuffins of previous movies become the Infinity Stones and mm -hmm. then some and like recontextualizing Thanos's whole idea because like we haven't really given him a motivation up until that point some of those things don't hold up under scrutiny but I think that the decisions that were made to you know that that broke canon in a sense were all in their respective movies favor whereas i think that these two especially it was like all the things that all the things that break canon or whatever are actually not in the movie's favor like in and of themselves yep. you know and they're yep. i think much bigger obvious contradictions um that like you know so it, it's just like a thing where it's just like I'm not having enough fun with them to just enjoy them on their own, right? Whereas just, like, if like comparing yep. this to, like, I've been thinking about, like, how I think about, like, some of the DC movies, right? Whereas just, like, most of those movies are bad. And every time that there is a good one, if it fucking breaks any sort of canon with the rest of the DCEU, I'm like, well, who gives a shit? All those movies are bad. We're not really loyal to those <laughs> movies, right? Like, the fucking Suicide Squad can change whatever the fuck it needs to about Suicide Squad, and that's totally fine because it's a better movie, right? Like, Birds of Prey can, you know, have inconsistencies with the previous ones because it's a more enjoyable movie, whereas the MCU, I, I think it lands into kind of the opposite problem where it's just like, I think that the movies actually had been quite strong together for a long time. And those, you know, it's broken down a little bit over time. And this feels like, for me, like kind of an even bigger jump in that direction of, of the, the, like sh the, the, the seams kind of falling apart. Um, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I'm wondering <laughs> how many times you have, I know you're a Transformers fan, so I well. maybe shouldn't even ask this question, but like, <laughs> 
like how many times have you followed a franchise that you care about and like has its ups and downs but then you hit something that you just straight up don't connect with and you're like i wish this didn't exist well, like is that something well, you encounter a lot Transformers, I, like which each iteration they just uh, wipe the slate clean and just start over so exactly it, it doesn't yeah, run sure. into that problem okay. it doesn't have a yeah, this is okay. exactly so, what I was then, about to say, is that, like, with with things like that, where the universe that, or not a universe, but, like, a franchise that is constantly being rebooted, right, if there's one that mm-hmm. I don't like, it does not inform the others, whereas with okay. the MCU, I don't so, feel that way as much, is, like, when they're, because are, it's all notionally supposed to coexist together, it... it then I have a big question for yeah, you okay. to follow up. Do you consider yourself a Star Wars fan? Yes, casually. I don't, you know... Yeah, yeah. Because because I'll say this: I was always casually a Star Wars fan, and it wasn't until the Last Jedi. Because here's the thing: I've said this a lot of times before. Star Wars: the first movie is Star Wars. The second movie is Star Wars Two slash Five, and every other Star Wars after that is about the first Star Wars, about recreating it or getting back to it in some sense. And the Last Jedi the first Star was the Wars, first movie means, that was like, mm, you mean Episode uh, a, a, a New, new Hope. Hope. That's what I figured. A New Hope, yes. Um, The original Star Wars, everything is about getting back to the original Star Wars. And uh, The Last Jedi is the first movie since Empire Strikes Back that was like, I'm going to do something different. Well, I don't know if that's true. And for... for me and it, it did it it didn't but like it felt so fresh and that was the movie that was like oh shit i'm into this now and for a lot of people it was oh shit i am out of this now and then when they went and did rise of skywalker everybody nobody was like this fixed last jedi they were like this bad yeah this no bueno <laughs> and it, it was it's very much the same experience i had watching this movie which is like i was hooked with the promise of doing something different. Good, bad, I don't know, but different at the very least. And then I got Rise of Skywalker. And then I was like, oh, this franchise is not interested in the things I thought it was interested in. I am not going to care about this anymore. And I tune in when I'm interested and I tune out when I'm not. And that is what it was like for me to watch this movie. Is I was like, I am, this movie is not going to give me what I'm looking for. Let me find the stuff in it to enjoy. I think that's valid. I think I'm just hitting a I'm hitting a point where I'm having to let go of my attachment of the MCU because yes. I feel like the broader sure. the broader narrative of it for so long I think was something that I was a really big proponent of, and it's hitting the cracks now. It's yeah, just like you know the first showings of that for well, me yeah. are going to be the things that irritate me more. Where it's just like, well, that's because in the in the last fucking calendar year, we've gotten six movies, five TV shows, and there's no sense of (laughs) unity between them, which is like, okay, cool, that's your prerogative, which is like, but odd because it, 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 it is just as Jeff is saying, serving to elucidate some of these more core issues with some of the individual. Yeah, which is odd because like when the MCU started out, one of its selling points was how cohesive it ultimately mm-hmm. felt but you know i guess yeah. it's got to fall apart at some point i guess it's falling apart now i mean it, in my mind the mcu is running into it's this, a moment of stress in my mind the mcu is running into the same problem that the comic books they base themselves off of are which is just that yeah yeah which is just that they they are increasingly relying on like you being familiar with supplementary materials uh, uh mm-hmm. struggling with like figuring out uh figuring out the scale and just uh 
having character just having its characters just feel believable after a while just because it's just going on you know Yes, let's move let's move on to the rating section of this episode. All right. Uh, thank you both for a very energetic discussion. Uh, this time around, let's rate the topic on a scale from one to ten. I mean like the obvious thing is like different versions of uh, Doctor Strange, right? But that's so fucking boring. Yeah, but we didn't even we didn't even get ten versions of Doctor that Strange. That is true. Alright, so. we're doing one to ten hot dog fingers again. Um <laughs> Pizza balls. Oh, fuck. That's right. I forgot about the pizza balls. Wait, one out of ten times that Bruce Campbell is left punching himself for, like, three hours off screen? One out of ten, Bruce. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Um, Um, Yeah, Colin, how'd you feel? Yeah. Uh, Honestly, for all the shit I've said, I was very able to, like you said turn off my brain and like this might just be the star trek fan in me like there are entire series of star trek i don't like and they definitely are canon and absolutely inform other parts of the franchise and i'm just like okay i don't really like that stuff that much that's fine and that is really how i felt about this movie like i watched it i did have fun watching it like the scenes that were wild and goofy i was so disconnected from the story personally that i was just like i'm gonna have fun watching the fun parts and the parts that aren't fun, I'm not gonna worry about it again. Uh, the end result is, I'm probably not gonna rewatch this movie for fun. It moved some of the pieces on the chessboard in important ways for the MCU, not in a direction that I can scrutinize because they don't know what's coming next. But like, it's it, as a movie on its own. If this was the first Doctor Strange, I would not like Doctor Strange very much because it absolutely does not give any meat to his character beyond like some pretty superficial decision making and a journey that's not explored and my heart breaks for the movie that is 20 minutes longer than this one that really dives into the themes that drive these characters that really pays attention to their motivations and 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 plays with the multiverse in a way that interacts with those motivations like you don't need that much more to do it and much like love and thunder i feel like it's just it's on the edge of breaking through to being more coherent. And that's just my view on it. Uh, honestly, 6 out of 10, though. Because it's if you're okay with the fact that this is not one of the stronger MCU entries. It's visually interesting. Hot take, this dazzling. might be my least favorite one. <laughs> I mean, that's I know, yeah. Dark World is so much more um, boring than this, but... I... Yeah, that, 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 that's the thing. I, is, like I, World, okay. I was watching... I was I liked Dark World when it came out, but when I went through the MCU again last year for funsies, I hit Dark World and I was like, I would rather be asleep. And this movie did not make me feel that way. And that's its saving grace. Is and I said this to Matt when we walked out of the theater. I was like, Sam Raimi and his crew. <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi and his crew. They looked at this. They looked at what they were handed and they said, All right, this might not not make sense, but it's gonna be fun to look at. And like, if you're gonna if you know you're going to make something that's not going to quite hold together, fucking swing for the fences. And those crazy scenes that make Reed Richards dumb and blow up Anson Mount's head for no reason, like, those are the scenes I live for because those are not boring scenes. It does not have the sin of being boring, just of being a little bit dumb. So 6 out of 10, because I think you can have fun. Uh, And if you're not here to have fun, 
I don't know. Like, take this as what you will, but if you're here to just enjoy things happening on your TV screen in front of you, I think you can do that. I don't think it is a very enriching movie beyond yeah, that. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on too different a page here. Like, you know, I've probably like ragged on this movie throughout this episode, but like my overall opinion is really just meh. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, like when Sam Raimi gets to like go full Sam Raimi, I'm, I'm into it. I, I. I love a schlock horror. I would have loved a whole... Se- I would have loved if it was all, like, horror, like, Wanda is, like, the slash. Yeah, villain. exactly. Like, yeah. If they went all the way in that direction, I'd be Yeah, exactly. That. Uh, uh, yeah, my overall feeling was just meh, and, you know, uh, with, yeah. like, occasional, like, uh, jumps of excitement when, like, Sam Raimi gets to do his Sam Raimi thing, but, like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this movie just lacks that panache, that oomph that like I don't know I feel like a hype that uh, any relatable person at all in the whole two hours yeah that like a hyped up movie (laughs) that a hyped up movie should have like if Marvel is gonna if Disney's just gonna like swallow the whole movie industry at least don't don't be mediocre Uh, cause like you know right (laughs) now like Disney's just doing some freaking mob Yakuza bullshit where they're just like pushing other movies out and just filling it with their stuff and see uh, we're we're saying this but this is one movie removed from fucking spider-man no way home which is yeah we all praised and lauded shang chi which was very strong like this is one turd yeah absolutely yeah i mean they were doing it then too they were doing it then i'm I'm not i'm not saying (laughs) this is this is where it started now i'm mad i'm saying this is this is how I. <laughs> That's fair. This is how I've been feeling, and it's. I guess. Yeah. This is, without like, a good, uh, without like a fantastic movie, it, it just can't distract me anymore. Uh, but like overall. Oh, this was a fantastic movie. Shut <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> okay. But overall, it just doesn't coalesce together. But at the same time, there are fun bits in it. Just. So, you know, I'm super lukewarm ultimately and just, you know, uh, five out of ten Bruce Campbell punching himself. Uh, okay. Which, you know, I, I always consider five out of ten a middling thing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, I, yeah, I think I'm going to land a little lower on this one. I, for me, it's just like... Light this motherfucker up, Jeff. Light it up! Me, the... If there's issues that I have in a movie, it can be outweighed by the fun stuff in the movie. For me, I guess I just I don't I don't connect as much to the the fun aspects of this movie. Like honestly, I think my favorite thing about this movie was not even intentional. The thing that was making me like smile the most during this movie was just like the like fucking 10 or so lines where they would just refer to America by her first name and we need to save America. Yeah, like I'm just like that's so fucking stupid. I love it. Uh not like, you know, I would be I would have mm-hmm. more of a problem with it in a good movie, but like I was just like that's fucking dumb and I'm fucking here for it because it's stupid. Um I but I don't think it was like an intention of the movie. So it was like the, for me it's like the the issues just like far outweigh the the like enjoyable aspects. Like I liked the music fight alright, but like that doesn't save the movie for me. And I think some of the other no. things that you guys really enjoyed, I think were also things that took me out of the movie. So I'd, I'd probably say like 
maybe a two or a three out of ten. Probably a three, because like there's yeah. there's worse stuff, I guess, but like <laughs> there's worse stuff, I guess. But like, yeah, this I was not a fan I, of what this I do have to join on. you on the page of my favorite thing about it was a bit of meta yeah. stuff. <laughs> because this movie the same day this movie came out was the day that Star Trek Picard season two ended and Star Trek Strange New Worlds premiered. Uh-huh. And the captains of both of those shows were got fucking massacred in this movie. And I really, really like that. Oh, wait, fuck, I was just sitting there true? like, hey, Picard and Pike. Yeah, Anson Mount, he's Captain oh, Pike in fuck, Discovery he is. Strange New Worlds. You're... Yeah, that's Captain Pike, baby. Man, the way, the, just the I, like, fucking I hairstyle just... that they give him recontextualizes the shape of his face <laughs> so much. It does, yeah, right? It's, no, there's been a lot of talk about his hair in Star Trek. It is mountain. Johnny Bravo-esque, but um, yeah, that was that was like the biggest thing walking out of that movie was oh, I got to see the two captains get murdered. That's yeah, that's, fun. That's and then true. I just <laughs> oh on. yeah, that's another thing I really liked about this movie, and this was like the one thing that I completely unironically liked about this movie. Uh, fucking big stupid yellow chair on Professor X is uh, long overdue, and I'm ha- I'm fucking yeah. here for it. I wish it yeah. stuck. Uh, have, have you but, seen uh, like the <laughs> gift slash video of like? Uh, Professor X, like, like going down a ramp and then doing like a oh yeah, doing, like, a, <laughs> like grinding CG on a rail and... of of Tony Hawk grinding yeah. on a rail and like fucking doing donuts behind everyone else. It was really funny so and really good. well done. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Um, thank you all for listening to the Common Geeking Program again. I've been your host Jeff Levitt. Uh, if you want to find me. Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I do toy reviews. That's uh, Alchemist Prime Reviews on YouTube. And again, I've been joined by Colin and Chowder. What do you guys have uh, to toss out there? I'll have some more stuff soon, but for now, uh, keep tuning in to Dice Populi. I'm doing a lot of stuff with that. Uh, Started a new adventure. It's pretty fun. Um, I'm working on a video thing for it right now that is... uh, I meant for it to be a lot less work, and now it's a lot more work. Story of my life. (laughs) I... I'm wrestling with my uh, with my choices right now, but you shouldn't wrestle with those choices. Go listen to it. I'm very proud of it. Uh, hi, I'm Taimu, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Taimu underscore Chowder. I do, uh, I do art stuff there, and uh, that's really about it. I, I'm also on Dice Populi, so check that out. Uh, yeah. Good Ugh. shit. Um, But yeah, our next episode of the podcast is going to be another common briefing program where we look at news for the month of June. What month is it? July. 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 That's the month that it is. Um, And that will be airing on the first Friday in August, August 5th. And then our next proper episode will be airing on or around the uh, third Friday in August, the 19th. And I have no idea what that's going to be about. I think we should probably, for our own sanity, break our goddamn multiverse streak. Uh, but <laughs> I thank you for listening, subscribing, sharing, and everything that you do. And we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Or in an alternate universe. There. There. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Sorry. You All can right, continue gonna... about Delta Room now. I just wanted to finish the podcast. Um, <laughs>this episode of the common geeking program was joined by jeff levin joined by colin ketchin and time will the common geeking program is created by jeff levitt and colin ketchin with music by colin ketchin this episode was edited by me time will 
This episode was brought to you by Multiverse Exhaustion. 9 out of 10 doctors say it is the leading cause of existential dread. And the last one says it's just a bad case of capitalism. Anyways, if you like what you heard, come check us out at commongeekingprogram.com. You can find more episodes there. Uh, maybe give it a share. Who knows? As always, thank you for listening to this podcast. Ciao! brief uh calming intermission where we uh we take a break from talking a mile a minute about this movie and we just slow down and we listen to some nature sounds just sit with your breath and just real real slowly breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth